Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. And I was 12 and all, and then I broke my foot uh, right before nationals. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. How we doing? How we living out there, everybody? It's so good to be back with you. It turns out that this week is International Week on the show. On Monday, we had 2016 Bulgarian Olympian Georgi Ivanov. And today, we have Ukrainian-born Nazar Kulchinsky. Nazar recently retired from wrestling after a super successful career. He was a you know, multiple-time U.S. Open place winner. He was a three-time Division Three national champ. But this episode focuses a lot on Nazar's childhood, being born and raised in Ukraine, moving up the ranks through their circuit, and then taking the, the huge jump to move with his parents from Ukraine to the United States. I hope you enjoy it. I know it was really moving for me, and I enjoyed it as well. Bane of the Week goes to Brandon Scott. He's a Floridian who is eagerly awaiting our next Bobby Douglas episode, as am I, my friend. I will certainly let you know when Bobby comes back on the show, but in the meantime, thanks so much for listening. And folks, this episode is brought to you by a friendly reminder to leave a review or a star rating. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, just scroll to the bottom of your feed and you will see a couple stars there. So leave whatever star rating you find appropriate. It's similar for Spotify. And if you want to keep up with the show, follow us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life. On Twitter, it's my full name, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner. And obviously, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Nazar Kulchinski. Now, let me start with this, though. How, how did you not go down the path of being a musician since your parents both taught music? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. My dad... Uh, told me that I always going to be playing music, music as well. You know, he trying to teach me how to play piano, but I never had that patience. Like, uh, I remember after like whatever grade, first, second, third, he trying to teach me piano right after school. And I just like look for excuses to go to wrestling room because I just, I couldn't play, you know, I cannot sit in one spot as a kid. So I just keep telling my dad like, Oh, I got to help coach to, you know, to, coach some other kids and then jump to my practice and I just sit and rest in them all day instead of that. So are you I, working just, out or just literally sitting there at the time to get away from it? 
Uh, I was working out. I was helping. I was always in resting room. So we had three groups started from like 3.30 and all the way to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Practices. And uh, I just show up there in the morning and maybe help my coach a little bit or maybe wrestle those guys a little bit. And then uh, jump in second group and wrestle with them and then jump sometimes even in third group and wrestle those. Just have a couple of practices in a row. So just so I cannot, you know, be out there playing piano with my Get dad. Get out of piano, man. So I was fascinated by that because, you know, Ukraine was one of the hardest hit countries in World War II. And the region you had mentioned, that was one of the first spots that the Germans invaded, from what I can tell. And so were your, was your family impacted by World War II? My grandpa was a, he's a, he was a soldier. So uh, he was, uh, he actually got shot in the leg. And uh, when he was somewhere by, in Poland, I believe, by time, and uh, he was in hospital for a while and he was in some war actions. So, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's, it's an incredibly tough time. And I could imagine that's why your folks wanted, had such a yearning to get out of, to get out of Ukraine. It's because of some of the things they lived through crazy life and so when they had you you and your brother and sister you know i had read that they wanted to get you out of there and i was just trying to wonder why but i always i wanted to ask you did they ever talk about that time and is that one of the reasons why they wanted to leave ukraine um the main reason is just ukraine uh, never had a really the country just didn't allow people to have those opportunities than we have here in u.s so uh the main reason is they know if uh, I'm done wrestling, you know, I'm not be able to get a decent job after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, education doesn't really mean much out there either. So you go to college, you graduate, you work hard, but you're not going to have a decent job, you know, unless you're a politician or, you know, doing some really successful businessman, which is literally hard to do out there in Ukraine because uh, there's corruption. So like every time you're trying to get anything going, they're going to take money away from you and uh, camps and it's why you don't have really small businesses out there is everything either people millionaires or they're poor so it's uh, just a tough country to live in now do your brother and sister still live there yes my brother and sister both live there they're older than i am and when my dad won green car lottery uh they didn't allow to come because they're older than 21 right and we'll get to that because that's one of the craziest turning points in this story but a lot of uh, foundation work before we get to the green card lottery. And so your parents are both music teachers. Were they professional musicians or they just loved it? And that's what they did. Um, so my mom used to sing at that one uh, band uh, back in the day. So she was in music school and that's how they met in music school with my dad. Mm-hmm. So my mom was in that one band um, and uh, she was always uh, involved with music. And then when she met my dad, they end up uh, marrying and end up having like little family business playing weddings. So um, as I remember when I was a kid, they always play weddings and I was always around dancing and eating and stuff like that. So my brother played piano. He is amazing at it. My sister can sing and uh, my brother can play other instruments as well. So there's just, uh, you know, just we're really good at weddings and uh, it was good family business for us, I would say. And so you're out there doing backflips on the dance floor, was everyone else is playing music, <laughs> playing instruments, bringing a nice harmony to the to the wedding. Yeah, I tried to, but when I was a kid, yeah, I was always been active and always running around with the local kids and having fun. So how big is wrestling in Ukraine? 
Um, I would say as big as here in U.S. probably. So it's not number one sport in the country, but it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people doing it. Uh, the thing is, like in U.S., there's a system in high school and in middle school, you know, and uh, in college. In Ukraine, we don't have that. So so we just have a lot of good clubs. And, um, yeah, I, I would say we don't have as many good wrestlers, as many, like, amount of wrestlers coming from the country. But if they do, they're, they're really serious about that. Mm-hmm. All start from seventh grade. They have uh, special academies um, in Ukraine. I would say seven academies. And that's a, like, back, like, all Soviet Union system. And kids go and uh, have two practices a day and have a school through academy. So we also have that, I would say, seven or eight around the country. And also we just have a lot of clubs. So... How old are you to be in that academy? So seventh grade, I believe 12, okay. 12, 13 years old. So it starts in seventh grade and then from you're with them from seventh grade all through the Olympics if you make it that far. Yeah, if you make it that far. Obviously, you graduate high school and then you can go through the college, you know, and you can still be part of it. So, yeah, go all the way through. I mean, let's not forget the great Bela Glazovs are from Ukraine, even though people think they're from Russia. I mean... You mentioned that you know, the Soviet Union influence, I can imagine that's everything in terms of wrestling just because of the Soviet Union's dominance. What was it like your first couple of years in the, in the Ukrainian system? Were you wrestling a lot? Was it technique? Like, how did the practice differ from what you're doing or teaching kids here in the United States? I would say we play wrestle more. We don't drill really as much. We drill a little bit, and then we play wrestle way more than they do here in the U.S., and then we go live a lot. So play wrestle and then just jump into life and we just go live a lot. And from when I was a little kid, I uh, started from seven, eight, nine, I started lifting really early. So my coach made me do that. And on top of that, my coach always had that little whip. And uh, if somebody is not doing right thing or maybe talking, not paying attention, he whip us with it, which is uh, maybe be a little illegal in here. Like an actual <laughs> so- whip? So do you know, like, in a car, uh, in order to close the window, there's that little rubber thing that kind of mm-hmm. closes those together. So he kind of cut those two pieces and kind of have that, like, one big little thing, and he just smack us, smack the kids. and uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> No the, way! Yeah, with the young kids, obviously it was, like, easy, but as older you get, harder he smacks. So it's, uh, you know... Woo! What would be what would be a violation worthy of a whip? What's that again? What, what, would, be what? what would you have to do to get whipped? Like what? What was something you would do that was bad enough that he would bring out the old whip? Um. So I would say like you running around, then you talking to your friend. So while you're running, you need to just focus on getting warm. But then you're talking and joking around and all that, and create that kind of loud noise. Coach just brought those two guys in, and boom, go for it. Oh, then, so they'd bring you in and make an example of it. So what would they, they yeah. stand there or they have to like bend over? Like how would, how would it go down? Oh, coach is like, come over here, come over here. And he just stay in front and he just boom, going for it. On the and, back of the face? Oh no, on the butt. On the butt. Oh man, they're not yeah. playing around over there. Oh my yep, yep. God. So, so it's funny you say that about the no drilling because I just had Georgie Ivanov on last week or two weeks ago. He grew mm-hmm. up in Bulgaria and said, 
very similar things that they're not even allowed to wrestle in tournaments until fifth grade, but the practices, you know, it's just a lot different than the U S in terms of the structure. And so my question is how do people in the Eastern European countries, former Soviet union, if you're not drilling, how do you learn the skills? Well, you go drill a little bit, not much. So like maybe one move, I mean, I would say every single school is different, right? Cause I've been in two different places before 12, I moved to a different spot mm-hmm. and I was there, but it's hard to remember for me right now, but I remember we drill maybe one, two moves a day, no more than that in case, you know, and then we just go back to like, just play wrestle and then just live. Mm. A lot of play wrestling, a lot of life, but we did drill maybe one, two moves, that's it. So it's like really minimum of drilling and the folks on one, two things and then boom, jump to play wrestling and then live. I put out a post that said, Bulgarians don't drill and I'll put out something similar for ours here. But, and then all the youth coaches are messaging me saying, Ryan, how are we supposed to teach our kids anything? And I'm like, that's a great question. I don't know, you know, but obviously it works because a lot of people have spent time in Russia also say that like, you know, Seti and Dagestan, they don't drill that much either. Yeah. They, they just all call it push, push. And uh, yeah. And they just pretty much go on live. So yeah. Crazy. And the lower Eastern Europe. How did, so you're, you're, you got to start in it. You had, you're extremely athletic. You have a good muscular build on you. Um, so you're having some success early on. Why did you move to Odessa at age 10? Because my coach moved to Odessa. So he had, uh, so in Western Ukraine, we have the coal factories where, you know, you dig coal for like one kilometer underneath the ground. And my coach started having a little bit of a lung problems. And uh, he needed to go away and have to go somewhere to move where it's a clear, you know, clear air. And uh, Odessa, like in, right by Black Sea, had been a really good spot for him. And also there's a big club in Odessa region as well. It's not Odessa, it's Odessa region called Yuzhne. And uh, this beautiful spot right in the Black Sea. And uh, so he ended up moving there and he talked to my dad to allow my dad to move, you know, to make me move with him. And, uh, yeah, and my mom didn't allow me to come. And, uh, and we had that big talk. And my dad said, uh, they're going to take care of him. They have a great club out there. And uh, I ended up moving when I was 12. So that's why. And this is Coach Leonidas? Leonid. Leonid. Yeah, okay. Leonid. We call him Leonid. Yeah, but, yeah. So what was so special about him that you wanted to go with him? Was he, like, an Olympic-level coach? Uh, so – he started wrestling when he was older, like 18, 19. So he started really all, and he was national champion two years later. Mm. And then I think, I believe he played six in Soviet Union. Soviet Union was stacked. Ooh. And, uh, but he started late, but he, uh, he just such a hardworking guy. You know, he built the wrestling room from scratch. He's engineer as well. So he like built the wrestling room from scratch on his own. And, uh, and he coached kids all day long on top of working 10 hours as engineer. So I didn't, he literally worked and then he slept and he did it over and over and over again. It just loud wrestling. And uh, he taught me everything I knew, you know, when I was that age. And, uh, and I knew that uh, I need to go with him because he'd take care of me. So but did you have any idea of how big of a decision it was though, when you were making it? I mean, to move a thousand miles away when you're in middle school is crazy. I know. Uh, I had I had idea. I thought it would be tough, you know, but I don't know how tough it would be. 
until I actually started living that life and find out that I'm missing my parents so much and all my family, you know, but I'm, can I see him only twice a year, you know? So I was, I was tough. I was brutal. I was struggling, but about on the good side, two years later, I was so independent that I didn't really need anybody, you know, mm -hmm. all I needed is wrestle. Just kind time. of a rite of passage to make it through as like, you're not even, a, even two years later, you're 14, 15, you're not really, a man yet but you're getting there but it was like you so you experienced missing home and that kind of loneliness right away yeah yeah exactly so by time 14 i felt like i'm adult already so what was the training like when you got to odessa from what i understand you were running like a 5 a.m run and yeah. you were doing the school where it was part of the academy uh, actually, it's not part of academy. So there's a lot of academies, but that part is it's just a club. Mm. So I was still going to school with the regular kids. So in the morning, for example, Leonid wakes me up. And if I cannot get up, he pours some water in my face. That was his favorite thing to do. And then I got up and, uh, and he biked every single time and I ran. And we go into a black sea. And uh, I was going from one place to another, just pretty much go through beach one way, another way. And then he made me do some sprints uphill. We have the big hills and the sand, and he made me do sprints, like 10 of them. And, and then we have pull-up bars there, and we have other things. And I do other regular sprints, and I like body carrying him a little bit, did some fireman squats. And so I just did all of that. And, and then I'm just going to eat and then go to school. And after school, come back and we have practice at p.m., about 5 p.m. or so. And the second practice and it's two-hour practice. And on top of that, I had lift after that, I would say, for another hour. And then I go home. You so, lifted after that wrestling practice? Yep, yep. Every day, yep. No, no recovery days back then, huh? Just going, going, going? Going hard. And I felt like I was so much stronger than ever. Everybody else, I felt strong. I work on technique. I spend enough time on, I mean, I've been going like that for six days. And then on Saturdays, we had like long runs, like 10K runs. And uh, just go there and just climb as many climb ropes as possible. So we had long run and then like trying to get as many ropes as possible. I remember me and my buddy out there, uh, we both won nationals. And we just super competitive and we just trying to climb as many ropes as possible. And we make sure we beat each other. So like we were both climbing maybe 30 each and I asked him how many he climbed and he climbed like 30, but I find out that he climbed like 32. So I climbed a couple more and then he found out that I climbed a couple more. So like after shower, he just go back out there and climb a couple more ropes that I didn't see, you know, he can climb. So like, we always like make sure like I'm the hardest working guy in the room. So yeah. it's good to have this guy. His name is Igor. He ended up placing second year European championships when I already moved to US but year before that he didn't make it and I took third so we always push each other we yeah been good wow. friends so Saturday you do the long 10k and you're talking about rope climbs like going all the way up all the way down 30 yeah, sometimes no, yeah no legs all the way up we have that tall ceiling too and we just going up and down and trying to do two in a row three in a row sometimes you got really good at that rope climb no legs no legs at all no and how old are you at this point, you think? I'm 14, 15. All the way from 14 to like 17. Been doing that, 13 to 17. And when you were off on the uh, on the weekends, would you have like 
like a laptop where you could FaceTime your parents or was it all just very primitive, you know? Uh, we have phone calls. So I, I didn't really have phones yet. I was like 2007. I didn't have a phone yet with a camera. So it's just like we made long distance calls from my coach's uh, phone. So I talked to them, like trying to do a couple of times a week. And what was that workout? Was that 12 months a year? Literally 12 months a year doing that? Uh, or would you would take them off? 11. I would say 11 months and then one month we kind of had a little bit of a lighter and uh, then I can go home, you know, for that one time for a couple of weeks. And then my coach calling and said, Oh, we got a tournament coming up. We going. So your uh, vacation cut short by one week. Go back. I got you a ticket already. And I was like, Oh, great. All right. So, and then I'm back. So I would say two, three weeks, the most I have off kind of, but I still have to do my own stuff at home. I do like hundred pull-ups a day and lift and do this and that. And so. would you, was it hard every time you'd leave? Like, would you cry every time? I mean, I, my mom used to cry when she'd see me in California and I was only going to be, you know, a couple months till I saw her again. You're 14 years old going back home after every, a couple of weeks. Go ahead. Yeah. Like every time. I was leaving. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then like that moment when I'm in a train and train is start hitting and everybody's waving me and kind of like my mom started crying and I'm just like, it hits me every single time. Yeah. So like moment I was like, Oh man. Yeah. So thought you were going to keep it together. Then it falls apart right at the end. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Now what about the tournaments? How many tournaments a year were you going to when you were like 14, 15? Um, we had maybe seven, eight tournaments or so. So when I was younger, it was like, maybe five, six total. But when I'm older, I would say it's about seven, eight, maybe nine. So not nearly as many as the kids are doing here. No, no. But every tournament we have out there, there's like international tournaments pretty much. A couple of regionals like, or nationals, but most of them international. So Russia, Moldova, like Bulgaria, like other countries are coming over to those tournaments. And it's like 40, 50 kids in a bracket. So it's all, all tournaments are pretty tough. Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's different than the, uh, than the four man round Robin bracket at the Oshkosh high school, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of the life you grew up in. You, you, this is all you knew really. And you know, you're, you're a five time champ, you know, when you, when you place third at the uh, Europeans, what was the process like to make team Ukraine? So we have regular national tournament in October, and then you win that. It just doesn't really give you much other than being national champ, right, in cadet level. And then uh, I believe May. So that one is really big one because you win it. If you win the tournament, you end up going to even Europeans or Worlds. And those couple of years, they didn't have World Championships for some reason in cadets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly why, but there's no Worlds in cadets. So I remember the first year, one time I was in the finals, I barely lost to a guy and uh, I was devastated. I was when I was two years younger than everybody else in cadets. I took second, that guy ended up taking second in Europeans. So a year later I beat him and I beat some other good guys and uh, I wrestled Shuptar a lot of times. I don't know if you remember him. He took mm-hmm. third at world, 61 kilos. Um, so I wrestled him like twice in the finals. We've been really big rivalry going out there. And then I made that uh, European Championship and uh, my bracket, I, I have no, no idea anybody who's in my bracket, but one guy from Russia, because I wrestle him a lot, Yemeyev, mm-hmm. 
here in Dagestan. We actually hang out, and uh, he invited an all-American team to this house. It was pretty cool that we still bonding. So, wow. yeah, so he remembers me really well. Uh, he, he started coaching right now as well out there. He's done wrestling. but So I wrestled him a couple times. We beat each other a couple times. So I knew just him. I have no idea who's everybody else. And I ended up making the semifinals. And uh, I remember wrestling guy from Azerbaijan. And I had no idea who that is at a time. And uh, it was close match. It was still like, you know, best of three periods. And uh, I remember I lost 1-0 first period. And second one, I was winning 1-0. And then he kind of shooted me. I hit him out. We kind of both went to our bounds. I give him takedown. I ended up losing 1-1. One one. But I found out later then that was Aliyev, Haji Aliyev. Ooh. I knew I was hoping you were going to say Aliyev because yeah. he is he's an exciting guy to watch wrestle. Yep, yep. So and uh but I remember so me and the Russian guy Nayev we ended up taking third both of us because we are on different sides. But I remember somebody beat Aliyev in the finals from Georgia and I have had no idea who that is. And uh later on all the way in 2016 when Tyler Mercury went to World Clubs Cup we had a uh, Vlad Hingashvili in our team. And, uh, and he was asking me about my, you know, childhood. And I said, yeah, I went to Europa Championship, 2008. And he's like, oh, really? What weight class do you wrestle? And I said, like, 54 kilos. And he's like, there's no way I wrestle in that weight class. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I ended up beating Aliyev in the finals. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I had no idea that that was you. You know, I just knew some guy from Georgia. But I didn't really pay attention to names. So, yeah, wow. I had... Billy, I had a Lee of my bracket, and you may have, and me, and some other good guys. So, it was it was good. And the Europeans, I mean, I say it all the time in here, so people are sick of it. But outside of the World Championships, the Europeans are the hardest tournament in the world. Yeah, there's so many good countries. There's so many good wrestlers. And so that you got third that year, and then the following year, why did you? Well, I, I guess what. My question is, how close were you to being like on the on the path to being an Olympian versus deciding to leave to the U.S.? Because I'm just surprised that you were so good and so dominant, and you still decided to come to the U.S. with your parents. Was it hard to leave that, knowing you could was, be a Ukrainian that Olympian? Really hard that because the club really take care of me. They uh, gave me opportunities to train with like national team and senior level. You know, I start going with those guys and start getting better and better and just training with the best guys like Federation and Stadnik. I was start training with those guys and, you know, getting better and learn. I felt like I had a great situation out there and uh, I don't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I said, dad, like, I don't, you, you go and I'll just stay here. I have my thing going on here. And, uh, and he said, no, like, and he had a long talk with me and he said, like, for the future, it's going to be way better. You're going to go to a good university and uh, you're going to graduate. You're going to have a good job when, done, when you're done with wrestling. If wrestling goes well for you, it's just great. But if not, you're going to have a, you know, back plan. You're going to graduate and you're going to, you know, you're going to be all right. You're going to be a man out there in the U.S. And uh, it's going to be way harder to have a future here in Ukraine. And it made a lot of sense. And I felt like, all right, I guess I'm going. And then I wanted to wrestle and then, you know, cadet one more year. I had one more year. So I was like, it's my year to win Europeans or Worlds or whatever it was. So, but we ended up leaving like a couple of months before that because we had to go. And uh, how heart-wrenching was it to say bye to Leah, Leonida? Or I, I forget how you said it again. I'm butchering it. But how hard was that conversation? 
that was that was tough. I had to tell him, yeah, it's what my dad wants, and I believe it's best for me in the future. And he was like, he was just shaking his head. He's like, well, whatever, don't be a stranger. Stop by, come over, and call, you know, and stay in touch. So, but think yeah, about was- that guy, though. I mean, he's he had been training you for years, and you're now at the level where you where you've you were about to make a world team, a cadet world champion, and you had to leave. It's like, obviously, it's the best thing for you, and thank God you did it. But, man, that was – that had to be brutal. Like, So you've had, like, two big moments in your life, moving to Odessa and then leaving Odessa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was tough. That was really tough. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, all I was thinking, like, my English should be okay. I should be all right. I'd be fine. And then the first conversation in U.S., I had no idea what's going on. I couldn't understand that word. Like, I was bad. So, like, I was straight up got depressed. And I was like, wow, like, I can't communicate. All I got is wrestling, and I can just speak through wrestling. It's all I got. That's about it. So, so and I had read that. So, like, you you had taken English as a class, you know, just like anyone does in school. And yeah. it was just, like, it just wasn't fluent English? It wasn't close or what? Um, well, so here's the thing, like the new wrestler out there in Ukraine, uh, my coach was worried about my wrestling way more. So wrestling was way more important than school. So like, even if you have exams or other stuff's going on, my coach come over to my professor and say, Hey, this guy, he's, uh, he ended up placing a European championship. He has a big future in front of him. So he needed to go to a senior level camp to train with Olympians. And, uh, you know, world medalist. So it's a great opportunity for him. So is that okay if you leave for two weeks? And they're like, yeah, I think it's good. So it's like, I end up, so when school was going, I was training. I was going to one camp to another, wrestle senior level guys. Um, they taking care of me and I go back to school. I had no idea what's going on. Like math, I, I miss like months or more than that. I don't know what's going on. Same with English. So, like, I knew I was learning something, but, I mean, it wasn't consistent. So, wow. And so you – and I had read that, like I said. So so you, that all happens, right? You get to the U.S., you, you get to Wisconsin, you meet this this crazy guy named Larry, what, Marchiando? Larry Marchiando, yep. How did, how did this all come about where your parents got the visa or the green card lottery and you ended up in Wisconsin? Like, take us through that path. So uh, – Two years before that, me and my parents, they didn't want green card yet, but they wanted to come over to U.S. really bad. At least my dad and me, you know, my mom, uh, she's like, all right, at least you can two go, you know. So me and my dad came to embassy two years before we came to U.S. And we were looking for, you know, just to open visa and trying to come over to U.S. somehow to see if they can open it. And they never opened for both of us. They said, okay, maybe you just go by yourself. But my dad, like, no, I'm not allowing him to go by himself anymore. Even you know, on like, vacation, you can't just come for like two weeks? Well, the thing is, in Ukraine, we don't really have that much money. You cannot just go and yeah. do like pay $1,000 for tickets here and there. And just like, we don't have that, you know. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah. So um, it's either you go for a decent amount, you know, and start learning and be in school. So my dad didn't allow me anymore to go by myself. He wanted to go with me. And uh, one guy who answered in all our emails from U.S. was Larry. He's the only guy who responded. And he said, yeah, come over. We have a school here in Wisconsin. And when you come over, we'll be training. You've been taken care of here. And everything's going to be great. 
And uh, so when I got to US, we already knew Larry. So two years later, we got there. Larry was there, and Larry found us a great family and pretty Jean. And it was Mel Dow and his family. And uh, we ended up going out there in pretty Jean. And Mel found great jobs for my parents. And, uh, and I was training there, and Mel trying to get a great situation for me as well. He brought like a bunch of Badger guys back in the days, like Andrew Howe to train with me, or other guys train with me. and. Uh, Trevor Brandwald, those guys. So, like, I had a good training situation. Uh, Mel did a great job, and Larry did a great job as well. So, that's why I was in WB in Wisconsin. So, was that Fargo where you got third? Was that your first summer over here? Uh, yes. So, I came in March. Obviously, I was after folk style season, and I was started wrestling and training, and I won, like, freestyle state and the Northern Plains. Uh, they always talk about those big guys who are really good, like Dylan S and other guys, and and you got to get ready for them. They're like triple crown champions, and you're gonna have top bracket. And I remember I would wrestle and I beat some of those guys, and I won it. And then and Fargo, I would say a couple days before Fargo, I tweaked my knee really bad, and I don't know if I'm gonna wrestle. I can't walk. Like I'm, I'm like it's swollen. And uh, my coach, Mike Drone, was constantly said. Just don't think about it. Like, you've been training all your year about it. Just don't think about your knee. Just, like, go out there and wrestle. That's it, from your heart. And I was like, wow, man, I cannot walk. Like, it hurts. But then, like, two days later, I got way better. Like, I started walking, you know, get better. And he's like, just weigh in. All you got to do is weigh in, and then how you feel, and then you go and wrestle. And I was like, all right, I can weigh in. I made weight already. So I stepped in. I weighed in and uh, ended up wrestling some guys and trying to pin them as fast as possible and go. And I didn't realize there's so many matches. I ended up wrestling 10 matches. And then it's like an old bracket. For some reason, it didn't just go 64 to 32. To no, it's a pool. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody wrestled each other until they don't lose two times. And I was like, how many matches do you have? So I went five and all in the first day. And I was like, how many matches do I have left? Am I in the finals yet? Like, no, no, you're a long ways to go. I was like, what? So I was like, keep wrestling, keep wrestling. And like after eight matches, end up being the semifinals and I end up losing to Andrew Alton. Yeah. And, and then I end up taking third place. And uh, I don't know what to think of that. I mean, but we know so, now you had a torn ACL the whole tournament. Like you didn't tear it after the tournament. So uh, I didn't, I didn't tear it completely. I was okay. it bad. I torn it later on. Uh, mm. But like I have really bad sprain. I, it felt, I felt like I could wrestle kind of, but like it hurt really bad. So I was sprained and it was like freshly sprained, you know. And uh, yeah, I ended up taking third. And, um, and then following year, they all talk about that folk style, you know. And I was like, what is folk style? Like, yeah, it's that style that only do in America, you know. And they, you're trying to get escapes and you're trying to write and you're trying to do other stuff. And I was like, so I can throw you and there's no points. He's like, yeah. I was like, this is so weird. Like, why would you <laughs> <style> like that? <laughs> so I started figuring out, you know, like, and trying to compete. They ranked me second in the country that year. Uh, and the folk style. And I never wrestled folk style before in my life. So, like, people in Wisconsin was talking about me who never wrestled freestyle, you know, didn't go to Fargo. Who's this guy? What's going on? What's his deal? Like, who is it? And I remember I was like, I just can't speak much English. I just trying to wrestle, you know, and getting ready for the season. And, and it was really bad thing that happened. Uh, WIAA, Wisconsin Federation, never let me wrestle the senior year. 
and I was bummed. I wanted to wrestle so bad, and uh, I just so felt you were like, going wow. into your senior year of high school. Uh, yeah, in the states. So yeah. just to go back to that Fargo real quick, when you lost to Alton, you had beaten like Ness. You had beaten was it Villa Longa as yeah. well? Chris Longa, yeah. And, and Ness uh, was like to your point, in like Wisconsin, Minnesota area. Ness was a freaking legend back then, and so you. Oh. Great wrestler, yeah. Great so wrestler. Lanes in the semifinals as well that year. So they told me it's great wrestler. We ended up wrestling. I ended up beating him then, too. So, yeah, I had a tough. I had a tough bracket. I mean, I don't know any of those guys. I just wrestle, you know. And yeah, Alton really. He was really tough. Alton looked really, really good. Tough. Yeah. So yeah. They were lights out in high school. To your point, they 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 were awesome in college too. But like their dominance in high school was crazy him and his twin brother and i was gonna yeah. ask you how did you did you notice a difference in how the americans wrestled freestyle versus how you were wrestling it at the europeans oh yeah for sure they uh in u.s you just like go 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 never stop out there it's like more chill more on positioning you know see where you at so more of a game out there here is more on conditioning and will and especially in folk style yeah, and especially in folk style. Yeah. So you, uh, you obviously gravitated towards folk style eventually because you were a three-time Division Three national champ. You know, you pinned a friend of mine, Dimitri Boyer, in the finals. Nothing but love to uh, to Dimitri Boyer. He's a he's a good guy. But um, you beat him in the finals, and that was your senior year there. What happened your freshman year at at Oshkosh? So I was still recovering from my ACL surgery. So that one year, you know, took me a while. That's why I didn't wrestle Fargo the following year as well. Mm. I was out for a year. And Larry told me, come over to Oshkosh. We have a great doctor. He's a Green Bay doc, uh, Green Bay Packers doctor. And he mm -hmm. can do your rehab. And you can take some classes, you know, just come over. And uh, I did that. I trusted Larry. And I got there. And I got a good rehab going. And then I was like, okay, I started wrestling, you know. So it's second, uh, second part of the year. I, started, I got cleared, I believe, in January. And I started wrestling, and I had 12 matches, and I was 12 in all, and then I broke my foot uh, right before nationals. So I remember in the one tournament, I felt worse and worse every, every time. I, I was, like, jumping a lot of rope, right? So I have a brace, and I like jump rope, doing quick feet. But for some reason, you know, like how um, you uh, jumping, like, one. So, like, if you have turn ACL, what I had, and I kind of – overworked the other leg way too much because you know I was afraid of jumping too much on that leg mm -hmm. and I felt like that extra weight and so many reps and the jumping another leg you know pretty much way more put way more weight in another one ended up like getting something to my bone you know like something happened I'm not sure what but end up being x-ray after that and uh, have two bones completely completely broken and uh, and two like yeah two toes two bones and toes I was completely broken uh, and I had no idea when I wrestled as well it's just like match after match I felt worse and worse and I ended up making two finals I believe and I wrestled kind of with one leg I couldn't put any weight on and I ended up beating somehow in overtime the guy and uh, I ended up being twelve and all and uh, and one interesting fact that in Division three if you 12 matches is exactly one third of a season. So if I wouldn't wrestle that last match with a broken foot, I would have one more year of eligibility. But because I did wrestle that match, I cannot get the year back. Mm. As you were so, 
I did know that. And as you're telling the story, I'm thinking, man, if he just would have sat out that finals match when he was already hurt, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So you had two years in a row where it was really tough on you because your senior year of high school, you're home away from, you know, you're in a new place. You can't speak English and you're learning to speak English and you didn't get to wrestle the high school season. Right. And then your freshman year of college, again, the injury. So you ended up winning your, the winning the D three nationals, your sophomore, junior and senior year. And then you've had an incredible run on the senior circuit. You just retired not too long ago at the event uh, on the rooftop. I was doing the the commentating there, and so we all watched it. Did you know before that event that you were going to retire? Uh, yes, I was thinking about it. Uh, it's been a long time, you know, like after all that canceled. Uh, I felt really good. I was ready to go, you know, last chance in trials. I felt great. I took third in Cuba. I ended up beating uh, some good guys, and I ended up losing two world bronze medalists by one point. I had him beat, and it was so close, and I felt like I was there. You know, I felt great, and then everything got canceled and just kind of hit me, right? And now you don't know what's going to happen, and uh, and I was debating either to wrestle or not. I was planning to wrestle, you know, until 2020 for a while and then be done, but then I wasn't sure, and it's been maybe two, three months of that debate, you know, should I or not? I keep training. I kept training. I keep lifting. I kept doing all the right things. And then June 1st, I started to uh, coach. You know, I opened up my wrestling club called Team Nazar Training Center. Ooh, 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 ooh. So, and I started coaching um, and just going to see how they're going to go. You know, I just going to mess around. I'm going to start coaching, going to do my thing. And uh, my club got big. Uh, I got a lot of great kids and uh, it went really good. And then I kind of like started realizing like, I really love doing this, you know. I've been hurt a lot in the past three years, like on my senior level and been banged up and I have my uh, pec muscle surgery and have my ne- neck as well. Uh, so it's been, it's been tough, you know, on my body. And um, I have bulging discs in my neck. What else I had? I have groin injury and uh, tweak my knee really bad as well. So it's like, it's always something. So I was like, all right. I mean, I started coaching and it's went really well. I had a lot of great kids and I really enjoyed doing that. And then I was like, man, maybe I should just, you know, do my best to make those kids life better, you know, trying to reach their goals. And I really start felt that way. That's kind of ended up being more important to help more kids than just being, you know, by myself, you know, get, getting just one thing, what I was dreaming about. And I had enough years in me, you know, I had six years at senior level. I had a lot of opportunities. I had a lot of chances to do my best, you know, and I know I got all out of it. So I know where I'm at. There's a lot of tough guys and I won some, I beat some and lost to some, you know, but I felt like it was just the right time. And I feel like I'll be just start coaching and be just more important for me this time. So. And are you so much, First of all, so many things I could say to that. One, congratulations on the facility. The logo is sick, by the way. What can I see it again? Uh, yeah, right here. Team Nazar Training Center. Um, I mean, no, no doubt you're going to have an incredible coaching career. You you have a, a lot of different perspectives that I think are going to help kids relate to you. But hold on now. But are you seventy four or seventy? I was in both. I was both N70 and 74. Now, let me ask you this. There's talk that the world championships are going to happen this December. 70 kgs has your name on it or 74, either one. But I'm just saying, 
I don't know, man. I get what you're saying with the injuries. I respect it, I, obviously, but we're less than we're less than a couple months away from the world championships. Is that so is, in the back of the mind so, at so, all? So is that actually happening? Or I heard, I heard it? today from someone who works for UWW that it's very good chance that it's happening hmm. in December. So on Olympic weights. That's why I don't know because there's so many questions, right? Yeah. If it's so. the full ten weight classes. I would assume that's what it is. If it's the full 10, does Dake go down? Because if he de- does, JB wrestle? Because if Dake goes down and JB doesn't wrestle, he loses the bite of the finals. Right, are you right. going to come back? You know, like, are you, and then are, are there going to be two major competitions within a year, right? Because you have the Worlds in December, yep. then the Olympics in August. A lot of questions on how that impacts. For sure. You know, yeah, so I'm just saying, man. Yeah, I was like, heard that and I was like, man, this is crazy. So one thing about 70 kilos, uh, 2017 or 2015 have both decent years. I was third, fourth, and ladder those two years. And I felt really good. I felt like I could get way better. But the weigh-ins one day before competition was so awesome for me at 70 kilos. I was perfect. I felt great in there. And then, like, the same day off, and I hate cutting weight. And I cannot weigh in and wrestle two hours later. It's just, I don't, you know, especially when I cut to 70. And just end up being too much for me, you know? Yeah. So I was like, if Wayne's would be day before, it would be great. I'll go 70 for sure. Like, no problem. So Southern 18, I was like, screw it. I, I tried, you know, Dave Schultz, no allowance. I tried 74. And the first tournament 74, I ended up winning it. I felt great. And I was like, I'll go 74. I'm fine. Like, I don't want to cut 70, you know? Yeah. So I never been that guy who's cutting weight. So like 74 would be good. But there's so many great guys in there as well. But I look to challenge. You know, I, I was looking for this past three years, and it was good. But, man, I don't know. Maybe I can think about it. I you see, a little, I see a little twinkle in the eye right here. I see a little little <laughs> glimmer of hope. Um, well, I mean, to your point, 74 kgs in the United States over the past eight years has been the toughest of any weight class maybe ever in the history of the United States with JB and David Taylor, JB and Dake. Um, you know, there's, I mean, Imar, right. There's, you know, Mickey Lewis, there's a ton of guys. So not even including yourself. Right. So yeah, I mean, 74 has been as tough as it's been ever at any weight class. And this year is going to be, going to be a prime example. Um, so when you, when you talk about 70 and 74, remind me, what is the, the, you, the pounds for 70 kgs? A 70 is 154 and 74 is 163. So, so what do you weigh right now? Right now, I'm like 173, maybe. Well, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, is, uh, I got to do day before. Day before is great. Day off, it's, uh, it's a little tough. Hey, 74 is fine. Let's get up in there, right. man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and are you are you back in Wisconsin or are you in Minnesota still? I'm in Wisconsin. I'm back in Wisconsin. I live right by Madison and Fitchburg, and my location and wrestling club is in Stoughton. Wisconsin, Southern, uh, it's a great school. They won three state titles in a row, team state, and just a good area, you know, good good wrestling. So, so a lot of. So if people want to find it and they want to get in touch with you, Instagram, Twitter, obviously, but um, yep. you have a website set up yet? Yes, I'm uh, going to launch my website really, really soon in here, next couple of days. Sweet. Yep. Yep. And is it year-round training? Uh, yes, year-round. As right now, we go four times a week, 
here in Stoughton for entire summer. And then as soon as we start that, I'm planning to open second location as well in Oshkosh, where I was in school. So I'll go twice a week here in Stoughton, twice a week there in Oshkosh. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm all 100% in, so I love doing it. It better have a water tower with your face on it in Oshkosh, my friend. All right, you better you better go back there and have a parade for you, bringing three national titles back to that school. Um, so this is awesome, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I hope to have you back on. And you know, I've always watched you from afar and you know, knew the name and knew that you were a D3 guy and have been following you. So it was an honor to, to call the match where you retired. It took all of us by surprise, and it's been an honor to talk with you. I, I want to, uh, like I said, do whatever I can to get people to your club. So I'll continue uh, you know, sending people your way if they reach out. Um, any final words, my friend, for the audience here? Uh, let's see it. Well, hey, you guys around Wisconsin, stop by Team Nazar Training Center. We would love to have you and uh, help you to reach your goals. Tell me you're selling those T-shirts online on the new website because I want oh, one, yeah. man. I'll tell you right now. I'll buy one. I'm going to send you a link. I'm going to send you everything, and uh, you send me your address. I'm going to hit you one. So. Pre- appreciate it, my friend. Well, we wish yeah. you nothing but the best. Congratulations on an amazing career. I'm still holding out hope for 2020, man. We're gonna, I'm going to send you a little information here and there on it, see if we can get you All back right, out son. there. Yeah, you fired me up. I might, I might think about it. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.